0: Carl Lawson is staying with the Jets. The defensive end reworks his contract to remain with the team. This is a complicated restructure, and I'll take you through the details on today's episode of the Locked On Jets Podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, May 18th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they are posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, give it a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find us. Well, there was some news on Thursday as the Jets and Carl Lawson agreed to a restructured contract so the defensive end remains a member of the New York Jets. I figured he was going to remain a member of the Jets. It was a bit up in the air because the Jets could have realized quite a bit of cap savings by letting Lawson go. And this is one of the most complex restructures I've ever seen. So let me take you through the details of this, uh, of the new contract. Lawson previously was set to make $15 million this year. So the Jets have reduced that. Lawson agreed to a pay cut. It reduces his salary to $9 million. And for whatever reason, the media is reporting $8 million is guaranteed, which is irrelevant. It's $9 million. He's going to be on the team. So I have no idea why people are trying to act like there's $8 million guaranteed. It's $9 million. It's $1 million, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. So Lawson takes a $6 million pay cut. There is an opportunity for him based on playing time and production totals to earn three million dollars of that back in incentives. So Lawson c- goes from fifteen to nine, but he can make three million back. So he could, if he hits his, his incentives for playing time and production, he could get that back to twelve million dollars. However, despite the despite the fact that he took a six million dollar pay cut, the reports are all that the Jets saved twelve point seven million dollars against the salary cap. Now as a fan of the NFL, you probably know the salary cap is complex. There are lots of different ways you can manipulate numbers, but one thing I can tell you is that you don't save $12.7 million by cutting a player's salary by $6 million. That doesn't add up. That's just common sense. So when they reported that Lawson was taking a $6 million pay cut and the Jets saved $12.7 million against the cap, you knew that there was another element to this because as complex as the cap is, if a player takes a pay cut, his cap number goes down by exactly that amount. So that took the, that took Lawson's cap number down six million dollars, going from uh, fifteen to nine. So he, if the Jets are saving twelve point seven million dollars overall, that means there's another six point seven million dollars that somehow has to be accounted for. And what it was, and we don't have, we don't yet have the complete specifics out on what the deal was, but. The reports are that the Jets added what are known as void years to the contract, which essentially means that the Jets are kicking that $6.7 million to to future years. So it's more dead money that they're putting on their future cap. It's essentially, think of it as putting money on the credit card. $6.7 million or so, and it may be a little more, it may be a little less when the actual reports come out, but it's in that ballpark. That essentially goes to a future future year's cap hits, and that cannot come off. So that's going to be there no matter what. That $6.7 million... not something you can get rid of and it's kind of along the lines of what the jets have been doing this offseason the jets have really been pushing a lot of this a lot of their cap hits to future seasons to try and load up their roster for this year because they did not enter this offseason with a ton of cap space and they had to clear cap space i've seen some speculation that this could precede a big trade i've seen other speculation this could precede a quinn and williams contract extension. In reality, the Jets just needed to clear out cap space because they did not have enough to go into the season with, in part because they still need to rework Aaron Rodgers' contract unless Rodgers is going to play at $1.1 million for this year, which I don't think he will. I don't think, I also don't think Rodgers... Rodgers is currently slated to make $107 million next year, and that's not, a, that, that's not me misspeaking. He's slated to make $107 million in 2024. So if you're thinking this through, is Rodgers going to make $1.1 million this year? Is it going to make $107 million next year? No. You would think that a lot of that $107 million is coming to this year. And the Jets needed to clear some cap space to make sure there was room for Rodgers. And beyond that, they needed some extra cap space because you need you need space in season to maneuver. You need you need money to be able to sign players after you suffer injuries. You need money for a practice squad. So the Jets always had to clear this space. And they do it by restructuring Carl Lawson's contract. So it's, it's an interesting restructure from the standpoint that usually you see one or the other. You'll see a player either take a pay cut or the team will push dead money to the future. And in this case, the Jets did both. I don't think I've ever seen a deal like this. It's a very fascinating deal. You know, not commenting on whether it's good or bad. I just think it's really interesting because I don't think I've ever seen a team do both in the same restructure. Now, is this the right move for the Jets? Well, yeah, I think it is. I th- You know, heading into the offseason, Lawson was a guy I probably thought the Jets would cut you know, I felt like $15 million was too much for him. And I think the Jets got him at a more reasonable price now. I think that moving that price tag from 15 to $9 million, that's probably more aligned with what Lawson is worth. You know, a couple of years ago, they probably overpaid a little bit to get him, but they kind of had to because they needed a pass rusher. And pass rushers don't come cheap. Uh, uh, even a good pass rusher like Lawson is usually not available in free agency. So I, I agreed with the move at the time. I think that this deal pays Lawson a more fair salary, and if he hits the incentives, then he'll be worth $12 million. So from that standpoint, it makes sense. You know, there's also the factor of the Jets lowering the cap hit and pushing that money to the future. I mean, it is what it is. That's what the Jets are doing. The Jets are loading up for this year and maybe next year, and they will deal with the ramifications down the line. So I think Lawson clearly is a guy who makes the Jets better than they would be without him. I think that keeping him makes sense. I think the fact they got him to take a bit of a pay not I'd say more than a bit of a pay cut, because it's not like 15 to 9 is nothing. So, you know, I think on many levels, a move, that, a move that's very logical for the Jets is they keep a guy who's a good pass rusher. And I think Lawson's a guy who's a little underappreciated by the fan base, if I'm going to be honest with you. I understand that sacks are important, but I think people kind of dismiss the role disruptions have when a guy can get, get to the quarterback and force the quarterback off his spot or hit the quarterback. And that's something Lawson's been proficient at his entire career. I was a guy who, I actually, if you go back to the 2017 draft, this was a guy I was really hoping the Jets would draft out of Auburn. I've been a Carl Lawson fan for a long time. So for me, it's always exciting when you get a player that you, you like coming out of the draft and he ends up with your team. Uh, so, and I think that he brings an element. Look, the Jets want to build this defense around the line. They have an excellent group of corners as well. But I think in Robert Sala's heart of hearts, he focuses more on defensive line play on his, as the cornerstone of his defense than anything else. The Jets like to bring the rotate guys in and out. And I think Lawson's the first among all those guys at defensive end. You know, before the Aaron Rodgers trade, before all of this, I would have said, you know, maybe it's time for Jermaine Johnson to step into a starting role. That's why he drafted him a year ago. But if we're going with the Rodgers route, and we're going all in and we're trying to win it this year, then I think Lawson's a guy, suddenly the, the calculus changes on Lawson. I think he becomes a guy who's really worth it to have in the locker room. And it was kind of a, it's kind of a delicate balance because this time of year it's tough as it's tough to be cut as a player because most of the teams have spent their money in free agency. So if you get cut this time of year, it may be tough to find a home. The Jets actually took advantage of this a couple of years ago. They actually enticed Jamison Crowder to take take a pay cut along along the same lines. It was around this time of year when they essentially made Crowder take a pay cut because Crowder knew if he got cut loose, he would have a tough time finding a team and. They also took advantage of it when Morgan Moses got cut. Moses did not have much of a market because teams did not have much cap space. So he was available. So it's a you know, it's a tough business technique, but sometimes it works for you and the Jets were able to cut loss and salary from uh, fifteen to nine million dollars. The other stuff, you know, the void years the player's always going to agree to because at the end of the day, the player just gets more, more of his money up front, so that's not, but Jets were able to get Lawson to negotiate a restructured deal, and yeah, I think it's a deal that makes sense for both sides because Lawson can still get up to $12 million if he, if he hits his incentives. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll continue to talk about the defensive line. For whatever reason, this move to keep Carl Lawson is now leading to speculation the Jets may be trading another defensive end, Bryce Huff. I don't think it makes sense. I'll explain why the Jets should keep Huff, We'll get into it as we continue on this Thursday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by Built Bar. It's almost the weekend. You're probably looking for a delicious snack. Well, then you've got to try Built Bar out. Built bars are delicious. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, that's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors. They have churro, they have peanut butter brownie, they have cookies and cream. And I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar, but they also maintain amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Most bars only have 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and only 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we have been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, go in and grab a 13-bar box of hip flavors like Brownie Batter, puff, puff, or Churro Puff. And you can always order your favorite flavors of built Bar online at built.com. So lots of different ways to get your delicious built Bars. Just get yourself some. You can thank me later. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listener, or first watch every day. The Jets restructure Carl Lawson's deal on Thursday. A very interesting restructure from the standpoint that both the player takes a reduced salary and the Jets kick some dead money to the future. I, like I said, I, I've, never, I've seen deals, most restructures have one of those two elements. It's very rare that uh, they have both. So the, the salary cap nerd in me is re- really excited by this. But one thing that doesn't have me as excited is this has led to immediate speculation by a number of members of the media that it could be a preview to another move and the move people are speculating about is the Jets trading Bryce Huff. And if you know me, you know that I, I don't agree with these, this idea. I don't think the Jets will. I don't think they should. I don't think it makes any sense because, first of all, Lawson and Huff have two different roles. You know, Huff is a purely situational pass rusher right now for the Jets. Now, I actually would like to see Huff's snap total increase because he was so good last year. Right, Bryce Huff was one of the unsung heroes not just the Jets. He's one of the unsung heroes of NFL pass rushers. He's a guy who really did not generate much attention, but he got pressure on about on over 20% of his pass rushing snaps last year. Now, there's a caveat to that. It was a limited sample size and he only typically played, I think like 90% of his snaps were passing down. So he only played in obvious passing situations. That makes it a little bit easier from a couple standpoints. First of all, you don't have to worry about playing the run. You know, normally if you're if you're on the defensive line, you have a gap assignment you got to fill in. you know, you got to make sure they don't hand the ball off because you could run yourself out of the play. If you If you rush far up the field, you may run yourself out of your assignment and you could leave a huge gap open for a back to run through. You don't have to worry about that if you're only playing on passing downs. The other caveat to this is that when you play a limited number of snaps, you don't really need to conserve your energy as much. If you're playing 70% of the snaps... You know you gotta you gotta pace yourself a little bit. Whereas you can go all out when you're only playing a handful of snaps. So those are caveats that need to be thrown in there. If you increase Bryce Huff's snap total, that rate may go down. He may not produce pressures at a twenty percent clip. However, I don't care what your playing time circumstances are. If you are producing pressure at twenty percent of the time, twenty percent on twenty percent of your pass rushing snaps. You have done an excellent job rushing the passer. So, even if it goes down, I, I don't think it's sustainable to keep it at twenty percent. If you're playing a more a more diversified set of downs, it, it's un, it's indisputable. His efficiency would go down, but he's still getting to the quarterback at a pretty high rate. And I look at this; he's a twenty-five year old guy. He's a guy, the homegrown talent, the guy the Jets developed as an undrafted free agent out of Memphis in twenty twenty, a class that you know. Really did not get much out of the best. This was this is like the shining star of your class. This is the one guy who's really panned out for you. To me, this is the type of guy you don't just keep. I think you should extend him. I said this earlier in the off season that to me this is exactly the kind of guy who should be willing to take an extension for a couple of years because first of all he's non drafted free agent, so he hasn't really made any money in his career. He's still a year away from hitting the open market. And he's not a big enough name that he can really afford a bad season. And I'm not sure he's a big enough game name that people really appreciate how good he is. So all of these things line up to say, make me say the Jets could probably get him on a reasonable contract, on a contract that's a bargain. So let's forget about this whole trade him stuff. And I know the Jets have a lot at the defensive end position, but that's what you need in Robert Sala's defense. Sala likes to rotate his guys in and out. He likes to be able to... I, th- I mean, to be honest with you, I think that if Sala had a choice... What he would want to do is he'd want to like rotate these defensive linemen in like like they were hockey players, you know, just have a one line going after another. Now that's not feasible when you have like Quinn and Williams at one defensive tackle spot and you drop to the Jets backups. I mean, if I think I think in Salo's world, he'd want to have a lot of Quinn and Williams. and you know, so Quinn and Williams has to play more snaps because he's so much better than everybody else. But I think at the defensive end position, you got a lot of talent there, and that I think, I'll even throw in the first round pick Will McDonald, who you know. A lot of Jets fans had an issue with that pick, but I think if you look at what else was there, I I, I defend that pick. I, I think, I mean, I don't know if it's going to work out. I think he deserves a shot though, and I think I, I look at the situation. I don't see why you would trade a guy who's a good pass rusher. I, to me, pass rusher, a defensive end is one of those roles you can never have too many guys. I like the idea of depth, and I think you know maybe the people covering the team. Because the Jets have been so bad for so long, you kind of lose track of the fact that you can have a lot of good players at the same position. That's not a bad thing. That's called depth. It's a good thing. It's something that you want, especially at the important spots on the field, like pass rusher off the edge. So I would be... Look, every player's got his price. I'm sure there's a a draft pick that's high enough where you could justify trading Bryce Huff, but it would be relatively high for me, and I, I would not be in any rush to trade him because... Jets have a good defensive line, and I don't want to decrease their talent there. You know, I understand the Jets do need draft picks, and I'm a big fan of stockpiling draft picks. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, antagonist toward trading draft picks, typically. But to me, this is like a 25-year-old talented guy. This is the, guy, the kind of guy who should be part of your team moving forward. So I hope that the Jets will keep him, and I do not understand why anybody would even begin to speculate about Bryce Huff leaving town. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we will conclude this Thursday episode. We'll turn our attention to some players who might be next as the Jets look to clear more cap space. Who are some other guys who could potentially restructure the, their deals? I'll go into that as we continue this Thursday episode here of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast here on this Thursday, the day Carl Lawson restructures his contract. So the Jets increased their cap space to around 18 to $19 million. Now, a lot of what they keep will be determined by what Aaron Rodgers' contract looked like. Before Rodgers was traded from Green Bay to the Jets, it looked like he would take up about a $15 million cap hit this year. So if they return to those terms, Rodgers would take up about $15 million. That would leave the Jets with only about 2 to $3 million worth of cap space. Now, the Rodgers cap hit could be lower than $15 million. You know, Maybe it could be higher. But I think it's likely that the Jets are probably going to need more salary cap space as we move forward. Now, I think the Jets, you know, there was nothing that would really surprise me. And the reason I say that is the Jets have actually restructured John Franklin Myers' contract twice this offseason. They pushed, they pushed a lot of money to the future in March, and then they did it again a few weeks later. So I think pretty much anything's on the table for the Jets. There are a couple deals that I look at that could potentially be candidates to be restructured. I think one of them is Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead is slated to count... million dollars against the cap this year and the Jets could very well restructure that and you know you hear about void years and so Whitehead's technically in the last year of his contract so you may ask how can they do that how can you restructure a deal um when when a player's in the last year of his contract well the first thing they could do is just ask Whitehead to take a pay cut because I don't think Whitehead's getting 10 million dollars out on the open market so it could be another situation like Lawson where they just say you got to take a pay cut it's a tough thing to do this time of year, and if you're not careful with it, you know it's a—it's always a fine line because it's a business. And you know, I think you've in the NFL, you got to be—you got to take a hard line on a lot of these negotiations. You got to be fiscally responsible, and I think you know. So you—you—I don't, don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think when you do it too frequently, maybe you—you you risk getting yourself a bad reputation among players, and maybe it makes it marginally more health—more uh, health, difficult to attract players in free agency, but I don't think it makes that big of a deal. I think Whitehead's clearly a candidate for the Jets to potentially ask to take a pay cut. And the other option would be to add void years to the contract and void years are essentially extra years that they add to the contract that the player will never play for. So essentially what could happen is I could, you could add two void years to a contract that expires in 2023 and that would spread the player's cap hit to 20. You could put, you could put some of his cap hit for this year onto this 2024 and 2025 cap hits and there's a clause in the contract that essentially says the contract voids at the end of the 23 season, so the player never is on the team for those for those extra years. But the cap hit counts against the team's the cap hit still counts against the team's future allotment of sap, cap space. I hope that makes sense. So Jordan Whitehead's a guy that could happen to. Another guy is Corey Davis. Now, Robert Sala said Corey Davis is going to be on the team. So I don't think there's any chance Corey Davis is getting cut. I think the fact Salah said that suggests to me that they're not even going to ask him to take take a pay cut, but again, void years are a different thing because if a player gets void years added to his contract, it just means the cap hit gets pushed to the future. So essentially, you take you take part of his cap hit for this year and you just push it to a future year, but the player gets the same amount of money. And the way it usually works is the player's salary for the season is converted to signing bonus. So essentially, what that means is you get the money up front; you don't have to wait till you don't have to wait till the fall in the winter. Players are typically paid; they get seventeen game checks after a game each after each game. And that changes when you're, essentially when you get a sign, when your salary is converted to signing bonus, that changes and you just you just get a chunk of that up front. So the player, it's always in the player's interest to restructure in that way. It's not always in the player's interest to restructure if he's taking a pay cut, but if they're just converting base salary to signing bonus, it's always in the player's interest because you get the money up front. So Davis, is, those are the next two guys I would look at to see the Jets potentially try and clear out more cap space, because they're probably going to need to, unless Rodgers is playing at a much steeper discount than he would have otherwise. You know, Rogers, unless Rodgers is coming in below that projected $15 million cap it that he had before the trade, Jets are going to need to clear out more cap space, because they just don't have enough right now. So those are the two guys I'm watching. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day's Armando. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening, so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find us. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.